0: Welcome to the Startup Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick O'Neill, and this is episode number 12. This week, I'm speaking with Clay Collins of Lead Pages. We discussed how they've exclusively used their blog to grow their customer base, and we also discussed the exact framework that Clay used to pre-sell their product. I'm really excited to have Clay on, so let's get started. How's it going, Clay?
1: It's going great. How are you doing, Nick?
0: I'm doing excellent. So I wanted to kick things off by finding out about how you got started with Lead Pages and what Leadpages is.
1: Yeah, so Leadpages is a lead generation platform and it allows you to create a number of mechanisms for uh, growing your audience and growing your list and growing your base of leads. Uh, it includes landing pages, uh, opt-in boxes, uh, automation links, Uh, and a marketplace and a variety of of other things. Um, We got started uh, based on a blog, or like rather the genesis for our website was our blog. So back in the day, I was doing marketing consulting and training uh, and things like that. And I would generate most of my business through the blog, through this blog I had at the time. And I would spend a whole bunch of time creating these like long 2,000, 3,000 word blog posts, like these like epically long blog posts that would take a few days to write. And one day I saw a video where uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was, he had this show called Wine Library TV, which had like a bajillion followers and like seemed like every video went viral. And I was so jealous because I was taking like several days to create content and maybe I'd get like 10, 20 comments and here Gary Vaynerchuk was like just pulling three wines off the shelf and drawing from his decades of knowledge in the wine industry to just extemporaneously review wines on the spot. He'd spend like 10 to 15 minutes recording the video, there'd be like no cuts and he'd be done and he'd post it and it would go viral Uh, or at least it would get a lot of views. And I was like, how can I do this? in my business so I decided that rather than writing these epically long blog posts what I would do is I would in every blog post I would pull out the screen recorder and I would just review a landing page that we had worked on with our clients and I would go over how it worked why it worked the data I had around the page Uh, I'd break down the different elements of the page and then I hired This guy in, where was he, in Brazil that I had found on 99designs and I found him to, I hired him to take the pages that we had made for our clients, turn them into kind of generic landing page templates, and then I hired like one of these HTML chop places or one of these places where you can take a PSD and they turn into HTML. And I gave away the landing page, so we gave away the landing page template, and I got a much bigger response from those than I got from any of those long blog posts that took me forever to write. But in the comments, people would say things to me like, you know, how do I integrate this with MailChimp or HubSpot or whatever I'm using? How do I post this to WordPress? I even had a whole bunch of people that were taking the zip file and uploading it to WordPress like it was a WordPress plugin, like it should just work automatically that way. Uh, and, uh, And then people would say, how do I run a split test on it, all this stuff and I got kind of frustrated especially with all the integration questions because how you hook up an integration to this page varies and I was like kind of like what well, what do you want for free because people were getting kind of like demanding and insistent and so that was sort of at first I was kind of frustrated and then I was like well maybe there's uh, maybe there's a business idea here so uh, I went to my audience and I took them through this pre-selling process that I had done with a variety of other products I was curious whether it would work for a SaaS business, a software as a service business, because I had done it with sort of information and coaching and and membership sites and things like that. And I was curious if it was going to work for software and it worked worked like gangbusters. Um, We pre-sold, we allowed people to purchase a year of lead pages uh, at a discount. We sold $40,000 worth of that within uh, a couple of weeks, which isn't a ton, honestly, like especially in comparison to some of these Kickstarter campaigns. But it was enough to allow us to hire the first developer that we hired, and within six weeks, we had released kind of the entry version of our product. And since then, we've been releasing new features every single week, and uh, I found that it was a lot Uh, it was a lot better from a marketing perspective rather than doing what some larger companies do and waiting like a year between big releases or doing a big release every quarter. I found that if you actually treat every single week's feature as a launch and you launch that feature, you learn a lot more and you get more regular feedback and a lot of good things happen. Um, So that's kind of the the genesis behind lead pages, and it's why to this day we launch a new uh, feature every week. If you kind of want to see our rollout schedule, you can follow us at blog.leadpages.net and you can kind of watch the whole process in motion.
0: Awesome. So I have a couple quick questions for you in regards to your story. So for uh, what was your blog and also how large was your audience?
1: Yeah, I had, I believe, 4,000 email addresses when we launched. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't nothing, but it wasn't, you know, we have over 100,000 email addresses at this point. So, you know, a little over a year later. So, it wasn't it wasn't big, but it wasn't small either. Uh it was a uh, a marketing blog. What was it even called at the time? Oh, it was called like Marketing Show. Yeah, it was like it was just at marketingshow.com. And now that forwards to our now that forwards to blog.leadpages.net. And yeah, that's that's what the blog was
0: okay so you said after one year you had a, you grew from four thousand to a hundred thousand subscribers
1: yeah so it's it's just over a hundred thousand
0: but th- th- it's been longer than a year that your product's been out no
1: yeah so we launched the product in january of 2013 so i guess that's oh what does that put us at uh it's so it's i guess it's been 12 30 yeah, so it's... it's uh, 20 months. Yeah, it's been 20 months.
0: Awesome. Okay, so in 20 months, you've grown to nearly 100,000 email subscribers. And uh, you mentioned on the pre-call uh, that that's been one of your primary sources of growing your business. Actually, before we jump into that real quick, sure. you were talking about your pre-selling. You said that you have a formula that you use for pre-selling stuff. And I'd love to hear what that is.
1: Yeah, so... We've done this at this point uh, a number of times. I believe I think there still is in Mixergy uh for if anyone follows Mixergy, there's a course in Mixergy Premium that I released on pre-selling. It's it's pretty thorough and a, a number of people have used it to to do um some cool like like launch some cool products. So, yeah, so it it involves to do this. All you need is like an email list. You can get a free you know, MailChimp account, um, and you need a blog, and that can just be like a WordPress.com blog or a blogger blog, like something that doesn't take you very long to set up, and some way to get people to uh, fill out surveys, and you can do that with like Google Forms and Google Docs. So really this whole thing can be completely free. Um, And it, it would take a while to walk everyone through every single step, but I can go over sort of all the elements that need to be present for a pre-cell to work, or at least the elements that need to be present for you to optimally pre-cell. So the first element is, uh, so I have this formula. And so it's, it's, the formula is CC plus EIN plus S, plus SP plus SI equals uh, a, a whole lot of pre-cells. Uh, and so let's break down kind of all the elements of this equation. So CC stands for co-creation. Or at least the the co-creation narrative, and the essence behind this is that if you can make your audience uh, protagonists in the story about how your product came to be, then uh, they will buy from you. If you can uh, if you can convince your followers that the product you're creating was their idea in the first place, because it actually was, then um, people will people will buy it from you. Um, And so when you're pre-selling, what you're really doing is creating kind of a a back and forth uh, tennis match between you and your audience. So you say, you know, hey I'm thinking about creating this, is anyone interested? And they say, uh, yes I am and and sort of here are the things that are interested to me. And you say, you come back and you say, alright, so if I heard you correctly these are the things that are interesting. Um, If I released uh, kind of a, a free version, or did some training about this. Would people sign up, and then, and then they sign up if they're not. And then so you you kind of go back and forth, uh, and it, it's okay. I think a lot of times people are scared in this day and age of long form content and of processes like this. Uh, but I found that when it comes to pre selling, it's actually necessary. And if you look at the Kickstarter campaigns that do the best, they're the ones that sort of have plot elements over time. Like there's a new level that's added or a new partnership that's introduced or a new, like there's some kind of plot thickening over time. Like it really is a narrative. So the first piece is is co-creation, the co-creation plot. A good example of co-creation and um, a good, uh, I guess, case study to think about whenever you think that you can't do co-creation is this company called Local Motors. So uh, Local Motors has a community of car enthusiasts, which uh, which they pull for feedback on what kind of car to build. Like, they might be like, hey, we're going to build a car. What are you guys interested in? And they'd be like, well, we're interested in an off-road car, or on-road car. We want this kind of design. We want these elements. Uh, what kind of wheel styles would you like? And they sort of they, they hash this out with their community. And then at the end of that, they work with their community which many of them are designers in their community and they actually come up with the specs and then local motors uh, allows people to pre-buy that vehicle um the last one i saw the vehicle was like 45 grand so you can pre-buy the vehicle for 45 grand which then is shipped to the buyer in parts and they have to put it together so i'm here to say that if local motors can get someone to pay money, pay $45,000 for a car that doesn't exist yet, that is later shipped to them and they have to put it together, then you can do this with like a SaaS product or an info product or like whatever you're uh, interested in doing here. And it's it's because it's appealing. Like what's more interesting, going into a car uh, shop and just saying like, I'd like the blue one or being part of the story, part of the narrative, part of the conversation, the dialogue about how a product came to be and then... Uh, and then Buying it. And if your local motors target audience, you'd rather be part of the narrative. Uh, so the first element of you know the psychology of getting people to buy something before it's created is co-creation. Uh, the second piece of this is EIN. And EIN stands for early investor narrative. And um, this is really a, a narrative or a, a cultural story that we've all kind of grown up on. And it is the, the narrative of someone who got in on something before, uh, like early on and reaped rewards for a long time. So like we've heard about kind of the early employees of Facebook or Google that got stock options and left, you know, Cento millionaires or billionaires or like whatever, or even, You know, some of these multi-level, I don't know about multi-level marketing, but like, you know, someone who got in early at Amway or Mary Kay or some of these things and, uh, you know, never has to work another day in their life or even, you know, someone was telling me the other day about how they uh, bought a lifetime membership to their local gym on the very first day it opened and they never have to pay to go to the gym ever again, ever. Uh, and so, or, or janitors at various companies that got stock options. And, you know, so there's this narrative in our culture about people who, or like Bitcoin is another example, but like people got in early into something and then reaped huge rewards later on. So there has to be some element of, a reward for getting in early whether that's you know you pay one time and you get in for like five years it's it's tricky i'm not an attorney and i can't give legal advice so i can't say anything about like what you're allowed to say but i will say that i am a little hesitant to say lifetime because it's like was well, that their lifetime or your lifetime or the lifetime of the business like it just gets a little hairy there um but but it it, it really behooves you to provide some sort of like compelling offer um around like what you, you know, and Kickstarter is a good place to go for inspiration on this. Um, usually it's like the mid level stuff where you get something that's a little extra special uh, and you, like maybe you get a discount or you get access for like five years for some low price. But there really needs to be some sort of reason, like kind of find there has to be a good deal that people get for getting in early for buying something before it exists. Um, the next element is scarcity. So that's S, so we've done CC, we've gone over EIN, which is, so CC is co-creation. The second step is early investor narrative. The next step, or the next piece is scarcity. So you really need to give people, like people have to make a decision. So the, I guess the best way to say this is that um, 100% of the people who don't make a decision about your product will not buy your product. But some percentage of the people who do make a decision will buy your product right so if you could get everyone in the world to make a decision about whether or not to buy your product you'd probably be a billionaire but the truth is most people don't buy your product because they've ne- they never make a decision one way or another about to buy about whether or not to buy your product so if you can give people some kind of deadline uh that really helps i don't like numbers-based scarcity like oh there's only 200 of these i kind of like deadline-based ones um because it's just cleaner and, you know, if you you could potentially get yourself in a situation where, like, you know, you're like, oh, there's only 200 of these or whatever. And maybe it's a complete success at 100, right? But you don't want to, you know, have to go back and be like, there's, you know, hurry, there's only 100 left. And then people want to find out if it's sold out. And you've got to be like, no. And it's just, it just gets weird. So um, I would set a deadline. So scarcity would be, like, time-based deadline. So then SP, uh, or, like, let's do SI. Um, So SI stands for Status Indicators and so status indicators uh, are basically some sort of indicator that you give to someone uh, as a result of buying your product early. So if it's a car, there'd be some sort of like decal or logo or something on it to indicate that you were, you know, you were an early adopter or like you you bought during the pre-sell. If it's like uh, a membership site. Maybe if it's some sort of, or like a forum, maybe there'd be some like badge showing that you are like one of the early adopters or first people involved. Uh, If it's uh, a a SaaS product, maybe like next to, um, you know, somewhere in your account or somewhere where it's always visible, it it says like, you know, early adopter edition or something like that. Something just to kind of set people apart. If it's it's an event that you're doing a pre-sell on you know maybe you get to sit in the first two rows or you get a special like if there's a badge you know you get some some, something attached to your name badge showing that you you know you were an early adopter or an early you know you went to the very first one or like whatever but some sort of status indicator Um, and then the last piece is uh, is social proof so if you can do things to get people uh, to, to show other people that that other people are involved, that really helps out. So one of the things I like to do to create social proof and to do this co-creation bit of it as well is to run a contest. And so somewhere during this co-creation process, I will offer people the opportunity to enter a contest to get the product for free. And I say, like, maybe I'm going to give two of these out uh, to – copies of the product or whatever it is there's two units that are being given away and to enter the contest all you have to do is describe why the product would be great for you like why why it would be like it would get you results or whatever it does like that why it would really work for you and what that does it does a number of things the first thing it does is um, you know a lot of people want to participate generally if you have any kind of traction so people will write comments indicating why it's a great product for them. So that's the first thing is that it generates a whole lot of social proof. Like other people can see that other people want it and other people can read why other people think would be good for them. Um, The second thing that it does uh, is it gets people to talk themselves into – wanting your product, right? So people are actually explaining or like racking their brain for reasons why they could use their product. And so it, it's kind of like, um, there's a psychological principle of like consistency and commitment, right? So like, if you did a really good job selling yourself on why you need the product in the comments, um, you know, it, the, the likelihood that you'll buy it later, even if you don't win increases. Uh, the next thing that it does is it actually, you know, it it can help you out with, Um, testimonials but it also can help you out with your sales copy right you have in other people's words what they find most appealing about your products you can actually use that in your sales material like like i have actually written uh sales videos and sales pages before that are just you know me stitching together a bunch of the answers to this question uh, about why the product would be good for someone so i've just kind of like reworded like taken a bunch of sentences and wordsmith them and put them together and rewritten them and edited them but sort of really composed or kind of frankenstein to sales letter from these things and it it's converted uh really really well but the main thing this does is it demonstrates to other people that other people are interested um so yeah those are and then the last oh no i think that's it so so it's the formula is cc plus ein plus uh si uh plus s and cc is uh co-creation EIN is Early Investor Narrative, S is Scarcity, um, SI is so, uh, Status Indicators, and SP is Social Proof. And that's really kind of the main element you need in place to sell something before it exists. And this is the reason why we didn't need to go out and get angel investors or raise a seed around or do anything like that.
0: That's awesome. Uh, it's incredibly insightful. And now we're going to need to have a guide uh, attached to this blog post uh, slash podcast uh, explaining exactly what you just went over. Uh, so one of the other things, uh, as I would mentioned before we dove into this, was uh, you've been building up this list. Uh, you said from 4,000 to 100,000 people. What has been sort of some of the biggest things to move the needle for you guys in terms of acquiring more people uh, or more subscribers for that list?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because list growth has really been the cornerstone of our growth as a business. So whenever, like back in the day, I was thinking about how to grow our business and there's a whole bunch of different ways that I thought about growing our business. The first idea I had was, hey, if um, if we could double our traffic, then we could double our sales, right? Because all things being equal, if we could double the amount of traffic we get, assuming it's the same quality as the traffic we're already getting, then uh, we would have twice the number of people signing up and twice the number of people engaging with us. So I went out and I probably worked harder than I've ever worked before, you know, did more on social media, wrote more blog posts, like did all this stuff. And um, we did increase our traffic by about 20% and our revenue increased about 20%, but it wasn't like the doubling that I was hoping for. So the next idea I had was, well, maybe we can't uh, double our traffic very quickly, but this was in the early stages. So uh, it's actually even a 20% increase is a pretty big deal uh, now. Would, that would be huge for us. Um, but the next idea I had was, you know, maybe we can't double our traffic, but maybe we could double our conversion rate on a sales page. So I went out and this is before we had a staff of content marketers and copywriters and people who could do all this stuff for us. So I went out and I was like, uh, sat down at my word processor and I was going to rewrite our product video. That's on the page where people purchase lead pages. And uh, I quickly realized that that just wasn't going to happen. I was kind of like, ugh. like once, especially when I think there were like three people in the company at the time, you know, when I go, when I sit down to write a sales letter, um, you know, it's kind of like once I've done it once, I just it takes so much energy and bandwidth to redo that, and plus we had already done some conversion rate optimization. So the next idea I had was, hey, what if we didn't increase the uh, we didn't double the amount of traffic we got, and what if we didn't uh, double the conversion on our sales page, but what if we could just double the percentage of people that come to our website who end up opting in? and so i went to one of our opt-in pages and i tweaked it a little bit and i added an additional opt-in page Uh, and uh, i woke up the next day and our site-wide opt-in rate uh, had doubled and we ended up doubling our revenue that month Um, and so i went about kind of systematically doing that going to our opt-in pages and adding additional opt-in pages and uh, slowly but surely through this process, we not only like doubled our revenue that first month, but then the next month we doubled it again, and the next month we doubled it again. Um, so that's 2x, 4x, 8x, and then the next month we almost doubled, but we didn't quite. So kind of got close to, to 16x increase. And that was by doubling the percentage of people who come to our website that ended up opting in, and then they could get on our email list and find out about blog posts and webinars we were doing, and they just, you know, we could follow up with them and that really was the best way for us uh, to grow our list uh, initially Um, and since then it's gotten a lot more multi-channel and and complicated but that was a great way to get started Um, so so yeah list building has been huge for us Uh, one of the best ways to we found to grow our list is through simply there's two things one is providing people with more opportunities to opt-in so if you go to our website you can opt-in for a tutorial you can opt-in for a webinar you can opt-in for a demo you can opt-in to subscribe to our blog or on on every single blog post now uh, you can opt-in for a content upgrade using our lead boxes tool so we have this tool that you can really allows you to easily create a link that when clicked on triggers an opt-in box where people can opt in for a content upgrade. So a content upgrade is basically an upgrade on uh, on any form of content. So if you have a blog and you publish I don't know let's say you have a, a health blog and you publish some recipes. Well people could you can allow people to opt in to download a PDF copy of all those recipes with some additional notes. Or um, if you have a podcast, you could allow people to opt in to get the video version of the podcast or to get a transcript of the podcast or or even your top 10 podcasts or something. Uh, But the point is to come up with some way to provide people with additional value that they get when they opt in. One of the things that surprisingly works is If you have a longer article, like maybe something that's at least 750 words, a thousand words, you can simply take that article, put it in your word processor, export it as a PDF and allow people to opt in to download the PDF version of that article. Because for whatever reason, people have a psychological need to collect things. I guess maybe that won't be there ten years from now because everyone will be so used to the cloud and it doesn't matter if it's on your hard drive or on the internet or in this nebulous thing called the cloud, uh you know, we we won't care anymore. But right now, that kind of thing works. And that strategy has just has just crushed it for us because you can have sort of generic opt uh opt-in opportunities that Work for all visitors, but when someone comes to a site because they found you on Google, and they're looking for a particular kind of recipe, and you have an article just about that kind of recipe, and you can offer them something extra for opting in, it is a custom opt-in opportunity for the content that they came for uh, in the in the first place. And often we see anywhere from like a thirty to fifty percent opt-in rate on blog content. Uh, Using the strategy with our lead boxes tool
0: Got it. So one thing that I'm wondering about uh, Regarding this opt-in. So you're collecting all these emails. What are you sending them? And well, I have a couple of questions uh, But the the first one is what are you are you just subscribing them to like a weekly newsletter or something?
1: Yeah, I'd say if if you're not you know, if if you're just getting started, um, I would encourage you to be doing content marketing. So at the very least, you could be emailing them to your weekly blog update or your you know twice a month blog update. But certainly, blog updates are a great reason to remind people that you're around and to provide people with value. Um, you can invite them to webinars. Um, if you have a follow up sequence of emails. Uh, that you, you know you can add them to that sequence but be upfront about it don't just start like oh next thing you know they're getting a hundred emails from you and they don't know why um, but I think many courses are really great for autoresponder follow-up sequences but uh, it really depends on what kind of business you're in like if you're a real estate agent it would be like new listings you know if it's a massage studio it would be if there's any kind of weekly discount like if you have a slow day you can Talk about that or you could introduce benefits of massage and have some kind of like uh, holistic health newsletter it you know it really just depends on on what you're doing but you know i would encourage people to mail their list at least twice a month
0: got it okay so that makes a lot of sense so you're collecting the emails you're adding them to this list you're sending them occasionally Um, one thing the other thing that i'm wondering about this list is what percentage of people on your list end up converting into customers, and how long does it take them to convert into a customer?
1: Yeah. Um. So that is proprietary information. I mean, I, I'm not. I'd rather not share that information from our business in particular. Uh, you know, it's just going to vary from market to market and from business to business. Um, we've had a lot of success with this in general, but I'd I'd rather not. Uh. You know. uh, reveal our sort of like dollar per lead value and and conversion rate from our list. But uh, uh, suffice it to say that this is is working well for us.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, at least I tried. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a bunch more that we could discuss, but we've actually used up all the time for this interview. Um, But I appreciate you taking the time and learning about pre-selling and list building. Uh, That's been incredibly insightful. So I appreciate it.
1: Awesome, Nick. It has been a pleasure to be here, and I've enjoyed being a part of this.
0: Awesome. And how can people connect with you online?
1: The best way to connect with me is through, it's just like leaving a a comment on our blog at blog.leadpages.net, or I'm on Twitter at Clay Collins.
0: Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. Listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next week.
2: I'm drollin'